Progressive protects more than just your home and car. You could save when you bundle your motorcycles, ATVs, boats, and RVs. Doesn't that sound good? Like the sound of your boat cruising along the intercoastal. And there's the sound of the prop hitting a really big rock. And now the sound of waves because the engine stopped. But you know what does sound good? You're covered with Progressive. So bundle all your vehicles and home in one place and save with the multi-policy discount. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. I'm your host, Jackson McCurry. Jack Duffin's with me again today. Jack, how's it going, buddy? Good. So, uh, yeah, loved kicking off the defensive shows. This is where the fun is this offseason. Um, so, no, exciting times. We've sort of got wide receivers that they could go loads of different ways, probably has the most different directions. But in terms of fun, where the money's going to get spent, the picks are going to get spent, everything else is all about the defense. Absolutely. That's the expectation going into this offseason with free agency and the draft. Like, how are they going to upgrade this defense? There's a lot of moving parts uh, and pieces that need to be filled on that defensive side of the ball. We talked about the edge defenders on Monday and today we're talking about the interior, the defensive line, obviously defensive tackle. Um, You know, when you look at a typical defensive line room, Jack, you know, you have nine on the roster and the interior should have four players and, you know, the Browns did have four players last year, uh, Richardson, Ogan, Joby, Elliot, you know, St. Taylor. And they had like, that's it, right? Yeah, that's right. And obviously, you know, Ogan, Joby's a free agent, you know, and, but let's start, let's start with Sheldon Richardson because he's obviously the one that everybody's going to have their eyes on this offseason because he has a $12 million option in his contract. Uh, he's entering his 30s. Is he worth $12 million anymore? I mean, it's t- I mean, no, I wouldn't think so either. And Sheldon Richardson's a solid player at his position, but I just, I don't, I think they got to try to restructure that deal somehow, but I could also see them moving on just saying we can find someone better at this spot. No offense to Sheldon, but there's, there's definitely room for upgrading at that position. Yeah, long term, I think where they'll go heavy one player on the um, edge with Miles Garrett, they're probably looking to spread the money around a little bit more equally on the interior just to balance that out. So it's not let's we've got Miles Garrett, don't invest on the interior. It's we want to make sure there's two nice pieces. Um, I don't think this is going to be a front office that's ever looking to spend sort of first round picks on the interior D line. I just don't think that's where they're likely to be in sort of a mindset. Obviously, it's nice to have, but it's not a... The the chances of hitting an Aaron Donald in the draft isn't that strong. Um, It's hard projection. It's not easy. So they're probably more likely to spend sort of other positions. And they'll keep taking punts. Um, But yeah, Sheldon Richardson... 12 million, no. Could they go to him and, hey, let's get this as a one-year deal. We're going to fully guarantee it. Let's make it nine or 10 million. 
Um, that is something I could see. Or they could just go the other direction and go, we're moving on. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the draft and people are always trying to find the next Aaron Donald, trying to find that next elite shutdown corner. Like, they only come so often. When you look at that defensive tackle spot, like the two names that immediately come to mind as like great draft prospects was Aaron Donald and then Ndamukong Sue. And then, you know, teams have tried to draft defensive tackles high, hoping to find them. You know, the Browns took that shot in 2015 with Danny Shelton, but Danny Shelton was more of a run stuffer. And, and that's that's those kind of guys you can find, I think, later on in the draft. You know, you have to find, uh, which is a three technique, like a Sue, like a Aaron Donald. Those guys are the rare prospects that, you know, should go in the top 10 and, you know, teams are trying to find those guys, but it, it's so rare to find. Yeah, no, it's, it's a hard one to track down. And um, me not being a draft expert, sort of speaking to brighter minds, especially the likes of, sort of Pete Smith. There's loads of them in the Browns community, Daily Browns, Mock Draft. Um, you've got uh, Hawaii Brown. I, I, I know what his dog looks like, but his name's escaping me. Um <sighs> Mike Krupka. Oh, Krupka. Mike Krupka. Yeah. I've probably butchered his name, but there, there's loads of guys that cover sort of the draft within the Browns community and sort of the noise you keep hearing is it's not a top heavy um, D line. Could there be someone they like on sort of late day three, certain as uh, late day two, certainly. Um, but I, I feel like if they're moving on from Sheldon Richardson, they're bringing in at least one name in free agency. Um, there's one sexy guy. There's one guy that I really like. So let's just clear out some of the names because Browns fans, yep, it's in the past. We can get excited about big names in free agency. Here's some big names that certainly won't be Browns. And I say certainly because I feel that good. Leonard Williams is not going to be a Brown. Dalvin Tomlinson is not going to be a Brown. And now we get on to another guy that could be a Brown. So here's my sexy ad. Shelby Harris from the Denver Broncos. It's going to take over 10 million a year, three-year deal. But the guy is a beast. Um, really, really good at rushing the passer, um, which is what they're going to look for. If you've got a load of awesome coverage, which the Browns will sort out this offseason, you can really have a monster on the interior. Yeah, he's only going to play about 500 snaps, but I'm still happy with that. I, th I think the guy can really, really produce. Yeah, that, that would be the ideal situation is if we moved on from Richardson and brought in a Shelby Harris. You know, he's only he's 29, so... You can get a couple years out of him, two, maybe three, but he does. He can get after the quarterback. He can, uh, you know, disrupt in the middle of that defensive line. Would definitely take some pressure off of Miles Garrett because then you have to focus on a guy like Harris. Uh, who are some other names if you know we get out? Of, like Shelby Harris gets out of our price range. Yeah. So there's two names that then appeal as sort of. Guys that come in and start and be you really, really confident in. So you've got a name that you obviously touched on earlier for a stud in the draft that's been up there. I think he'll end up doing one more year with uh, Mr. Tom Brady. But it's Ndomican Sue um, could come in as the one-year option. Or if you want to do a couple of years, then you could bring in a Sheldon Rankins. Both guys are going to be around the $7 million a year mark. Um, but Sheldon Rankins gives you that guy. And if you're paying two years... You can go and invest draft picks and you can have a couple of stabs at it and you can find the right guy either this year, next year, and then comfortably move on. Um, yeah, none of these two are going to be players that are going to be here for three, four years. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think Sheldon Rankins, if I was going to guess, is the name that makes most sense. It, spending as much as you would need to on Shelby Harris, get your 500 snaps, probably not ideal. Um, get those sort of five, 600 with Sheldon Rankins and uh, let the guy come back. Seven million, two years. Yeah, so it's just a nice deal. Ndamukong Sue is so intriguing to me and it always has been. Uh, you know, people, you know, people want to call him a dirty player. Early in his career, he was a dirty player. I think he finally trimmed it down and it didn't play so violently like he did in Detroit once he went to Miami and then the Rams and now most recently with Tampa. But the dude's consistent. Like I'm looking at his numbers at Pro Football Reference. He's had at least double digit QB hits in all but one season of his career. So while he doesn't put up the sacks, the dude knows how to get after quarterbacks and be disruptive. And Sheldon Rankins is good, too. He's been solid for New Orleans since coming out of Louisville. I mean, if if they want to go out and get somebody and move on from Richardson, either one of those names would be very intriguing for the Browns. Yeah, and I think that's where they're looking for that starting three tech. So, no, the draft's not really an option. Sheldon Rankins is expensive. There's no sort of perfect solution, but one of them two guys... I think will uh, do you over for a year and uh, really, really keep you a nice interior um, because the, the three tech is naturally more important than the one tech just because they're more likely to get after the uh, quarterback. When you look at the one tech and, you know, it's the bigger size defensive tackle, the one that'll, you know, be blocking or trying to get after the center. Mostly uh, we talked about Curtis Weaver on Monday as a player that Browns fans seem to forget. Another player that Browns players seem to for, or Browns fans seem to forget is Andrew Billings, who was one of uh, these free agent signings that the Browns had last year on a one-year deal. He obviously opted out before the season because of COVID. We, I think, we're all hoping he could come back and provide a spark to that defensive line. He was solid in Cincinnati at the beginning of his career. Uh, he did have some injuries, but when he was on the field, he was solid and. I think, you know, being a year away, it's going to be interesting to see how he gets back into the fold and what, you know, Joe Woods and defensive line coach Chris Kiffin have in mind for him. But Billings can play and he can definitely contribute for the Browns. Yeah, I think what they were probably planning last year is your Billings is your starting one tech with the draft pick, um, Jordan Elliott behind him. And then sort of on the other side, you've got your Sheldon Richardson, you've got your um, Larry Ogunjobi and by all means, there'd be times when they just go Larry and uh, Sheldon Richardson both out there because they want to be hyper-aggressive, um, not quite to the level of bringing edge rushers in. But if you've got um, Oak and Choby, you've got Sheldon Richardson. They've both got a bit more mobility than uh, one sort of an Andrew Billings or a um, Jordan Elliott. So, no, Billings is 100% back. It's a fully guaranteed $3.5 million deal. Probably not going to be around long term, and that's perfectly fine. But he's just going to help bridge this room because ideally the Browns across every single position room in their entire roster, they want to fill it with draft picks because when you're getting heavier at the top, you're signing all these big deals. The more rooms you can fill with draft picks is great. So you're going to see few deals that are big, tie in many sort of years, but you're going to see loads of one- and two-year deals for the Browns because they're going to be competing they want to maintain cap flexibility. So one, two-year deals, why you hope that a draft pick hits is perfect because the last thing you want is you sign a, four, a guy to a four-year deal where three years of it is guaranteed and then you end up bringing in a draft pick that might be in the fourth round but hits. And within half a season, you're like, 
this draft pick's just as good as the guy that we're paying 10 million to, but we've got to keep him for the next three years. And then suddenly, yeah, you can take a big dead cap hit and move him on, or you've got that there. So keep mobile, keep flexible. Um, and no, I, th- I think you're, you're just, it's a smart, smart front office. Um, and that's really, really exciting. So it might not be sexy at times, but it's more like to get the Browns to a Super Bowl. And quite frankly, I'd rather take a Super Bowl over sexy. Without a doubt. I mean, we've been waiting so long for a Super Bowl. Like, go get the Super Bowl. Don't have to be sexy about it. Don't have to go get the big names. Just do what's going to help us get to that, get hoist that Lombardi trophy. Uh, you know, I didn't mention this at the beginning. You know, when you look at Billings and whoever the three tech is, you say you want the starters to play around 60% of the snaps, which is similar to what we talked about with the edge defenders on Monday. Um, and then, you know, with the backups, you have 33%. And, you know, clarify to these people again, to our listeners, 60 plus 33 is 93%. You're, uh, that's not 100%, Jack. So please explain. Yeah, so you've got your sort of, we'll start with the edge, just to sort of touch back on those guys. So your starting edge are going to play sort of, 66 to sort of 75 percent of snaps um there's going to have somewhere they'll drop inside but that, that's roughly where them guys are at then you're going to have your um starting uh, d line sort of on the interior they're going to play about 60 percent of snaps um because they're just bigger dudes um in terms of size they can't stay out there on the field for as long as say and miles garrett can who is a just freak of nature in his own right but is also just a, they're built in a different way edge rushes to big fat interior dudes um and then sort of with your backups you're looking at around 40 percent for your edge guys whereas you're down to about 33 percent for your interior because the starters are playing less the backups are playing less you'll have snaps where you bring in more of the uh edge guys inside because you've got a nascar package where you might have no interior alignment on the field um it's more likely to be three edge and one interior but you're going to mix it up and do different things so it's one way yeah you'll see the variation it might be that you have a really really strong third edge or third interior and suddenly you're talking about a room that has maybe the three better guys are all playing a similar amount of snaps and your third choice person is only maybe playing 10, 20%. That's perfectly fine. Obviously everything comes with variation in the NFL. Um, Defense might be a perfect example that they really love Billings. They really love Richardson. And then they go out and uh, they hit a guy in the second round that within three weeks, they're like, this guy is the reincarnation of Aaron Donald, for instance. It, they're not going to be like, oh, well, you can either play 60% or 33%. You're going to have three dudes playing like 55% and your Jordan Elliott might only get 15%. That's perfectly fine. Um, they're not regimented things. It's just to give you an idea of how the percentages will generally break out. When you look at the rotational spot, uh, behind Billings, you have Jordan Elliott locked in. He was the team's third-round pick last year out of Missouri. Uh, he had flashes where you could see the talent was there. Obviously, you know, uh, PFF loved him last year too, coming out of the draft. He was another uh, first round pit talent that they had. Um, but the talent is there. I think him learning behind Richardson and, and well, having Richardson and Ogan Joby who are, you know, seasoned veterans at this point, uh, being able to help him elevate his game, you know, that's solid for Elliot. I expect him, he would take a bigger role next year. I think you would agree as well. 
Yeah, it, it wasn't a particularly great rookie season. Started off really good the first few weeks and then sort of tailed off a bit across the uh, season. Um, but it's one where, yeah, the talent's obviously there. They spent a third rounder on him. So for that, it probably guarantees him at least another year. But with so much other moving pieces, there's no reason to go, hey, we're going to give up on a third round pick um, this early. When he, he, yeah, as you said, he has certainly shown flashes and it's it's not a sexy role. Um, your backup one tech is probably always going to be a day three pick. It's very unlikely in the future they'll ever spend a pick as high as a third there. Um, they're just going to throw dudes in. Um, you obviously got Vincent Taylor who played there as well um, last year, but I can't see them bringing him back. He's an unrestricted free agent. So let's give Elliot another year, see what he can do. And then, yeah, if, if we're talking about some rare flashes, but generally it's below average, they, they might look to go a different direction in a year's time. But hopefully Jordan Elliott can give us three years of sort of just solid backup. And there's no harm that if he just becomes a solid player and they go, look, we'll sign you to a three-year, 10 million in total. You're just going to be our starting one tech. There's no harm doing that. So you can have those sort of little two, three million a year deals and that's not going to screw up your cap. Um, and you see the the Pats obviously have a really unusual sort of roster construction of they have very few really expensive guys, but then like to flood their roster with lots of vets on sort of cheaper deals. So it's not your sort of eight to 10 million guys. It's like, well, actually instead we'll rather have five, three to four million guys because they just give you so much options. It means there's talent and sort of experience in every room. And it could certainly be a way they go. And then, uh, you know, with the rotational third three tech, uh, you mentioned they could bring back Larry Ogunjobi. And I know a lot of Browns fans love Ogunjobi. He, he had flashes last year, but when you look at his breakdown, especially on PFF, since his rookie year, he has gotten worse every single year. And, you know, if he's going to come back, it's going to be a really cheap deal, I would think. But I just feel like they need to move on. They need to look at other options because Ogan Joby has not been as good as some people would think he is. And I feel like the Browns definitely could upgrade. And I definitely think they will attempt to this offseason. Yeah, so Ogan Joby was phenomenal week one he he is the best i think defensive player in the nfl according to pff and we're like boom this is finally the ogan joby we've all been waiting for and then he didn't have another average game until week 10 and he only had one other game in week 15 that was above average um it was not good and you'll see odd moments in a game where we saw against i believe it was pittsburgh in the playoffs rather than the week 17 game where a couple of times he just moves that line of scrimmage and you're like yes but there's no consistency to it all he was good in year one when he was asked to play 300 snaps across the season since then it's been 930 779 747 and it's not been good and that's the issue that if you want to be a starter and get big money you've got to be producing all the time you can't rely on sort of yeah, let's cut him down to sort of 300 snaps and have that flash. And obviously, he's changed his body type, etc., which has had an impact as well. There's just no long-term route for him here. Could it be a cheap one-year deal? Yes. But the issue you get if 
if you're saying, hey, why not bring him back on a cheap one-year deal? Because then the problem is you've got a room which is potentially Sheldon Richardson, Andrew Billings, Larry Ogunjobi, and Jordan Elliott. Three of them are expiring at the end of the season and you're very unlikely to keep them all. You can't just be... Obviously, if if you're competing in a Super Bowl this year, you might say, hey, let's run it back. I don't care about years two and three. I don't want to sustain a successful team. I'm only cared about the next season. Then you might go, yeah, let's run it back. But uh, this front office isn't interested in competing in 2022 and 2021 and then spending 22, 20, 22 and 23 sort of restocking rooms that have been sort of let go. If you've got two veterans on expiring deals, you can't add a third. Um, it would just be nuts. Um, obviously, yeah, you could go the route if you get rid of Richardson and you commit decent money to sort of a Shelby Harris or a Sheldon Rankins and go, we've got this guy for two, three years. That You could potentially go, hey, let's bring in Ogunjobi. It's not the worst thing to do because you've got at least two of the four locked down. But yeah, for me, there's no route to Ogunjobi coming back. It's a third round pick. Um, potentially a fourth or a fifth, but somewhere in that three, four, five, they're going to pick up a uh, guy that hopefully, even if it is Sheldon Richardson here, can develop behind him and either step into that role or they can just fill a free agent while uh, this guy hopefully continues to develop as a uh, future sign. Yeah, I think, you know, Ogunjobi's best bet is to go somewhere else where he could be a rotational piece and, you know, maybe catch on, maybe find a defensive line coach or a defensive coordinator that can find, you know, the perfect role for him. And then he could be, you know, a rotational guy for the next four or five years at least. I think he's got some, he's got something that he can bring to an NFL team, but I don't think he's a starting caliber defensive tackle at this point. I, I think you would agree as well. Yeah, he should go get his sort of two and a half, three million a year, uh, potentially over a three-year deal, and be just locked in there. He could potentially get up to sort of a four, uh, maybe with incentives to five, but it depends how much a team wants to pay for that depth on the interior. Um, I, I've just got to have a laugh about Spotrack here that some people use for cap stuff. Their metric says he's going to get nine million a year. They're farcical. They don't know what they're on about. Use over the cap. It's much better data. And for any of you sort of contract stuff, PFF do a really, really good job with their free agency tool with sort of saying, hey, roughly what deals guys are going to get. Obviously, it's a lot harder. Once you get into guys that aren't going to be starters, you could have six teams that offer someone three million a year. And then all it takes is one team to go along and go, he's going to be a starter. Let's start the bidding at six million a year. And then you're like, whoa, how's this guy six million a year player? It just takes one. Um, if one team sees something slightly different in a player, it all changes. Um, and then you'll never see what sort of the other bids were. But I, I would be surprised if there's not a draft pick added to this room, even though it's a weak class. Um, we're not asking for day one production. Lots of these draft picks are going to be about potential and long-term future. Um, if we keep Richardson, draft a guy into the spot behind him and go, look, you've got a year to learn. We need you to play 30% of steps but just get stuck in and continue developing. And you mentioned some other free agent options as a rotational three tech. Uh, Now, before we go into this list, people, 
me and Jack aren't the greatest experts at one text and three texts. They're just lists of potential free agent defensive tackles. Uh, so you can you can tweet at us or tell us that these people aren't three texts or one text or they're not one text or three texts. But uh, Austin Johnson, uh, Derek Wolf, Tyson Alu Alu, Roy Robertson Harris, uh, Chris Wormley. Those are just some of the names that are out there that'll be free agents this offseason. Um, you know, these could also be potential options where they're rotational pieces. It would be funny though. You know, Derek Wolf is with Baltimore currently. Tyson Alu Alu was with Pittsburgh. And I think Chris Wormley, he's on either Baltimore or Pittsburgh. And it would be funny if one of these guys ended up coming and joining the Browns. Cause usually we're the team that they teams free agents don't necessarily come to unless we're giving them uh wads of money. So that'd be funny if division rivals came to join the Browns this offseason. It would be like a sense that the tide is definitely turning in the AFC North. Uh, when we get to cornerbacks, you, you'll find out the one player I really want to steal most from the entire division. There's one guy I absolutely love and I really want to add. But it's a really good idea to go out there and steal because if someone's a good player and they're going... Um, well, should I stay in Pittsburgh or Baltimore or I'll Cleveland will offer me half a million more a year or over the total of their deal and they go, actually, I'll leave. Then they might not be able to go out and replace that guy. And that guy, they've then got to go get a new guy that might not know the scheme and go in there. The best way to sort of cement your position in a division is go and steal guys from other teams. And it's not stealing for the sake of it. If you think a guy is going to develop, you could take him off of the... Let's use the team on the other side, the Los Angeles Rams, for instance. That you you're not competing against the Rams um, unless you get to a Super Bowl. Um, whereas if you're stealing a guy that's a starting player or can come in and be a really good rotational player from someone in your division, you are directly in competition with them every single year. And it's not just the games you play against them; the games where they're not playing you. They're without that guy still. So um, it gives you a better shot. So if you really like a guy, whoever it might be, there's no harm in adding them. And it might just be they can't afford to keep him. But that's someone coming into your room like, oh, that's this guy's weakness. Um, I, I was up against him every day in camp. That, that This is how you beat him or this is what he struggles with. This is his tell. They want to give that stuff to you because they want to win. Um, if they're coming to you, it's it's a career to these guys. They want to look good. They want to be well-loved by when they come into a new team. So uh, why not pay that little bit for a uh, some inside secrets? So that's always excellent. You know, if we can get some dirt on our division rivals and then kill them, give the final kill shot, and, like, as we take over the AFC North, that would be excellent. Uh, you know, I am so, like... Outs, like the whole defensive line, I'm so intrigued to see what is going to happen this offseason. Because outside of Miles Garrett, it's like I I don't know like who's going to be up front for us this year or going into 2021. So I'm really fascinated to see how Andrew Barry and company decide to uh, put more talent around Miles Garrett. How they're going to do it? It's going to be very interesting to watch. Yeah, it's it's insane. There's nine spots and one player's guaranteed to make. Sorry, two players. Andrew Billings and Miles Garrett are the only two players guaranteed to make the week one roster. That's really, really good. And it, it's more or less across the entire Browns team. There, There's less players guaranteed to make the week one roster this year than last year. And that's not a bad thing. We're saying there's loads of these guys that aren't guaranteed. Yeah, you, you're going to keep them uh, in lots of cases. But if you can get 10% better and bring in someone else that may be cheaper, 
you've got an option that you can do because the way a lot of these deals are now done they're at the end of their sort of contracts where you can sort of move on or they're a draft pick that hey um jordan elliott's been good but if you find someone that's better you you don't have to keep jordan elliott um you've got lots of flexibility and they're going to have to make some commitment long term obviously miles has been done baker's turn next you've got ward you've got teller um you've got he's not definite stop ignoring nick chubb (laughs) <laughs> it'd be a mistake but um <laughs> if you start committing money to these guys suddenly yeah there's gonna be less to spend across everyone else but you get a better idea of what this room looks like this is probably going to be the last really really fun year with these articles where we can go there's seven eight different directions you're going to see a lot more over the next couple of years where you're like yeah we're, we're having a debate over like three starting spots over the entire roster because everything else, we know where it is. We've seen the talent. We've we've seen these sort of developing players underneath. And it will come to a question of, oh, do we keep this veteran for his final deal? Or do we give this really promising youngster behind him a shot? Because it isn't going to be long until we're sitting there going, the second team of the Browns is better than the starting team four years ago. And that is insane how uh, aggressive the sort of roster is going to be where... So players are going to get pushed out. It's not going to be a veteran happy team because we're going to be like, Meh, we've got a draft pick that's better than you. You're getting traded. And uh, suddenly you'll start seeing waivers is going to be a time when players get cut at the end of this off season camp where teams are like, Oh, I want all the Browns pieces because these guys are going to be awesome. If, if you can't get into the edge room or the uh, cornerback room for the Browns, you're probably going to be a starter. Um, well, onto a team's 53. Uh, you're going to see loads of stuff like that, which is going to be really different for Browns fans from the age of, ah, oh, what's everyone else's cut down days? Cut down days, you ain't, you ain't going to see the Browns probably picking up anyone for a long time. And that's great. It means the talent's already on the roster. Absolutely. And if we get a couple of Lombardi rings out of it, it'll be even better. You've got six years. Six years. Lombardi trophies, not Lombardi rings. Six years is what you're looking at for a window. So, for people going, let's go all in for two years. Now, I want a six-year window. Let's have six years of, we're going to make the playoffs in all six of those years. Hopefully, we win at least more than one playoff game in all of them. But there's a lot of luck once you get to that stage. Injuries happen, etc. But that's what I want. Six more years of, let's make the playoffs every year. Yep, the talent's getting there. We just need to start getting the luck. Like, if we would have had the luck this year, there's it's a fair argument to say we would be playing in the Super Bowl. Or we would have played in the Super Bowl. Uh, as you know, the Super Bowl just happened a couple of days ago. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Uh, this is another intriguing offseason to see what they're going to do, especially on the defensive side. Uh, as always, definitely go check out Jack's work at thedogland.com. He has done great with this offseason deep dive so far, and we'd certainly have a few more position groups to uh, get through. And Friday, it'll be another intriguing episode as we look at linebacker, which, you know, it's it's a it's a fun debate about you know people saying well we need to add a couple linebackers we need to do this or that and uh, i'm sure it'll be a fun debate uh or discussion point jack on friday as we just cover that position just make sure you're sitting if you need to pause the podcast and sit that's fine just you're sitting yeah, I'll, I'll continue. I am actually do- endorsing spending a little bit of money on the linebacker room. So shock horror, it's going to be an interesting one when you read that piece on Friday. Listen to the podcast. Um, I'm I, I'm not going crazy. We're, we're not going to be signing like a Bobby Wagner um, or trading for him. 
But I, I do think there is a room to spend a little bit more. But this front office is super smart, so you're not going to see money invested in linebackers. Um, because, yeah, it, it's a coverage first, pass rush second. And for however good a linebacker might be, they're never elite in pass rush. They're never elite in coverage. They're the go-between in the middle. Um, and quite frankly, you either want someone that's elite in coverage or elite in pass rush. A bit of both. No, give, give me more coverage. Absolutely. Um, just, oh, go ahead. My details, because um, I guess we're at that point of the show. So it's at Jack Duffin on Twitter and D-U-F-F-I-N. DMs are open. Tweet at me. Any questions, salary cap, roster construction, always happy to answer them. It's great to hear all you guys enjoying the article. Um, love that. Love coming on the show. Um, but no, there, there's some more interesting stuff coming out. Um, I believe, uh, I think it will be done by tomorrow. There might be a little bonus article on the Dogland tomorrow. So make sure you've obviously got today's article. Check back tomorrow, lunchtime. There might be a little bonus for you. I'm intrigued by the bonus. There's all, I, I, Anytime you put out work, Jack, it's always intriguing. It, it gets people talking on social media. Uh, it's a, the Nick Chubb article, we had somebody suggest that uh, the Browns pay him $20 million a year. And uh, we both had a good laugh about it. So it, Anytime you put out uh, great content, Jack, it's always fun to read. So uh, definitely go check it out at thedogland.com, people. Uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at JackMcCurry08. You can follow the Dogland at the Dogland on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, until next time, we'll talk to you all Friday when we cover the linebacker room. Go Browns. Go Browns. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Leftovers? Or? The DMV? Number 97. Or? House cleaning? Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.